This is Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition from WGCU. I'm John Davis. Thanks for joining us. Next week, Laboratory Theater of Florida in Fort Myers will begin performances of the Southwest Florida premiere production of Sista's The Musical. Nominated for the 2012 Best New Musical Tony Award, the show is much more than a music review. It employs the use of hit songs from the 1930s through the 90s to trace the history, struggles, power, and resilience of black women in history as five women clean out the attic of the family matriarch, Grandma Alice, after her death. Songs in the show highlight a number of black legends in the music world, including Aretha Franklin, Billie Holiday, The Supremes, Sister Sledge, Gloria Gaynor, and Etta James, among many others. The musical was written by playwright and Columbia University professor Dr. Dorothy Marsick. Marsick is also the author of some 15 books, including the best-selling Respect, Women, and Popular Music, through which she traces the evolving role of women in 20th century American society through the unique lens of analyzing the lyrics of top 40 songs throughout the decades. In interviews about the book, Marsick has been effusive in acknowledging just how much we owe black women in the movement towards empowerment. After all, some of the first songs about pushing back against societal norms and oppression to minorities and women came from blues singers like Bessie Smith and Ma Rainey. Performances of this production began Friday, December 16th and run through January 14th. The matinee performance on Sunday, January 8th will also include a post-performance community talkback session, and there will also be two half-price preview performances next Wednesday and Thursday, December 14th and 15th. And teens can get free tickets to a December 17th performance that will also include a meet-and-greet with the cast. Joining me now for a closer look at the show is the director, Sonia McCarter. Her other directing credits include productions of Fairview and The Color Purple, A Raisin in the Sun, The Colored Museum, and a number of plays from August Wilson's Century series, including Seven Guitars, King Hedley II, and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. McCarter's extensive acting credits include roles in Dangerous Liaisons, Mountaintop, Rancho Mirage, Confusions, Gideon's Knot, For Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide When the Rainbow is Enough, and a particularly impactful virtual performance of When the Police Murders of Their Sons Was Too Much. Sonia McCarter, always great to connect with you. I'm so glad to be here with you, John. And also returning to the studio is actor and singer Michaela Davis, who plays the role of Roberta in this production. We last spoke with her in her role as assistant director of Laboratory Theater of Florida's production of the Pulitzer Prize-winning drama Fairview. Davis's penchant for performance began at a very early age, singing in the church choir, before becoming a theater major at Florida Gulf Coast University. She's also performed with the Naples Players here locally. Michaela, welcome back. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. We're also joined by fellow cast member Julissa Jean Bart, who plays the role of Tamika. Julissa made her laboratory theater debut in the role of Nettie in the aforementioned production of The Color Purple, which was so good! Uh, she's also performed roles in productions of Thoroughly Modern Millie, Grease, and Ada, and Into the Breaches. Julissa, thanks for taking the time to be with us. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much. And to engage with us and your fellow listeners about this conversation or any of our shows, find us on Facebook. We're at WGCU Public Media. On Twitter, we're at WGCU. Use the hashtag GCL. So, Sonia, I, I gave a brief synopsis, but what more can you tell us about the nature of the show? And, and I guess what prompted you to, you know, step back into the director's chair for this production? 
Well, I absolutely, I have come to learn that I enjoy directing more than I enjoy acting now. Okay. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I never thought I would say that, but I really do. So um, when I had the opportunity to, you know, speak with Annette on what we could possibly do for a musical, immediately I thought of Sisters, the musical. I had seen not the live production of it, but clips of it, and I just found it so interesting. The music, you have anything from Bessie Smith to Beyonce within the span of 90 minutes, and... Um, just the story itself, it's about family, it's about love, and it's just fun. It's another one of those plays, I'll say, because it's a play with music. Even though it's called a musical, it really is a play with music. It's another one of those plays where you get to see a version of yourself, meaning everyone has families and there's so many different dynamics within a family so we get to see all of those dynamics played out and I think it's beautiful. So is this primarily the women in this family sort of sharing their own experiences and remembrances of this family matriarch and and how the songs kind of enhance that or are they trying to pick like one song? Yes they're trying to get together so they're getting together to not only go through the things in the attic to find a particular document but also to choose a song to sing and perform at the memorial that evening and so everyone is is going through all of these things and remembering um, Grandma Alice and um, the songs that they've heard her sing that she's played and that are special to them. Do they come to a consensus by the end or do we need to come to the show to find out? Yeah come to the show and find out. (laughs) And uh, Jalissa and Michaela, kind of a similar question. What prompted you to to want to be part of this production? And I'll start with you, Michaela. All right. This show is one of those shows that when you're reading it through and you're looking at the characters, it's one of those things where you see just how beautiful the family is, even amidst, you know, the little spats, the arguments, the, you know, parts that are not very fun. There's still the the love that that comes behind it. And my character is more of, you know, kind of, she knows about, you know, the the horrors of life and the, the hard parts of life. And she wants everybody else to know about it. But even amidst that, she loves her sisters and her sisters all love her. And so when I was going through this play, and I was seeing just how, I just feel like it's just a beautiful, like it, that's the only word that I can think of to come up with this. It's just reading it, seeing them, how they interact, how nice it is. They're just a beautiful family. And I think that it's a really lovely play. So that's why I was immediately drawn to it, just the, the love of it. All right. And what about you, Jalissa? Yeah, I'll just um, piggyback off of what uh, Michaela said. It is one of those productions and plays that really helps you to see the family dynamic even though there are those hardships and there are all those troubled times that like we were able to get together. And my character, Tamika, is this love-struck teenager. I'm not part of the <laughs> sisters, but I am like um, the mother of one of the sisters. And I kind of play this love-struck teenager. I don't really care about what they're talking about. Okay. <laughs> but I'm more and more consumed in what a normal 16-year-old would be consumed in, you know, love and social media and TikTok and um, things of the modern day. But it also, I think, sheds a light because it's a learning lesson for her through the eyes of her aunts and what her aunts and her mother have gone through. And I love Sonia. So uh, as soon as she called me, I was like, don't say no more. Like, I'm there. (laughs) Say no more. I'm I'm there for the ride. And I really appreciate my cast members because not only have we come into this space and we've shared these moments together as characters, but we've shared these moments together as individuals, as real life people. And so I do see these these women as my sisters, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. 
as I was thinking about the show and, and you know the concept behind it, the songs that were selected, and just thinking about like Billie Holiday, for instance, in that song "Strange Fruit." And what she risked to herself mm-hmm. by performing that, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it just it got me thinking about the way that music has been a tool for black performers, black women in particular, to subvert white nationalist ideologies, pro segregationist views, mm. um, and, and then I just you know I went down this rabbit hole, and you've got like like Lena Horne and Eartha Kitt and all mm-hmm. these people mm. who had like I'm not going to perform for segregated audiences, right. and that was in their contracts, and some of them sacrificed a lot. They lost a lot in their careers because they took those stands. Mm-hmm. So it kind of went beyond the lyrics itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I, I don't know how much of that is 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 overt in the, the musical itself, but it seems like that's definitely part of the message. It really is because um, Dorothy Marsick, she is a professor. So yeah. it's almost like you're getting a history lesson yeah. as you come to the play. I mean, mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. You, you have the story that is there about why they are there, but even as you are enjoying the songs, they take you through history. And it's not only America's history, it's not only you know the personal history that's being revealed, but it's also the history of the interaction between these peoples throughout time, specifically women, black women, but women in general, families in general. So yeah, definitely. Sonia, I was thinking back to our conversation about the production of The Color Purple that you had directed. Mm-hmm. In reflecting on you know the challenges and limitations the character Seely faced in particular and how you know the poverty and isolation that kind of defined her life wasn't much of a step up from slavery mm-hmm. and how this is within our grasp. This is just a few generations ago. This isn't ancient history. And I felt like there was such a similar connection to this play as well. Like what Grandma Alice went through, it's not terribly different from what black women experience today, even with everything, even though we do have Aretha Franklin now. Right. (laughs) Right. There's so many themes within this play that are shared. And, you know, even as you were speaking about that, I, I... was immediately brought to my t- my memory is about hair, African-American hair. And even in today's news, you can still see news about a child going to school, a young African-American child going to school and the teacher cutting their hair because to them, their hair is unruly based on what they believe it to be and or mm. someone being sat down on a bench and can't participate in a sport because they have locks in their hair. And mm. so there are still those issues and, you know, hair is one of the themes that we talk about in this musical as well, because, you know, it's African-American women, you know, or women in general. But I know specifically for African-American women, you know, your hair is like your crown. It's yeah. your glory. Mm. And um, to degrade your hair for someone else to do that is like it's a personal attack. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are many themes throughout the show that we can see that are still relevant today. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For each of you, is there a particular song in this show that, that that's maybe not your favorite, but one that through the process of being involved in this production, you have come to appreciate in a new light? Hmm. Good question. I would say that the song that really hits home for me, and it's not because it's it's... It is one of my all-time favorite songs, um, but it's very dark, um, okay. which is Strange Fruit. And I 
I guess, um, relate to that song in a sense because there is this underlying, as Sonia was saying, unruly thing about it that is like you can't put a stamp on a song like that. You can't just play it on the radio and it be like, oh, okay, no problem, like down the road. It's one of those songs where you have to sit and it's so deeply rooted that you almost kind of take a step back into history. You kind of place yourself in that moment. You can, um, you know, the smell of burning flesh and you can smell it. You can feel it. You can feel the heartache and the the mm. torture that those that our ancestors had to go through. And to have somebody be able to relate that through music is outstanding. It's actually impeccable. So um, I really enjoy Strange Fruit. I'm a dancer as well. So I've danced to the song a couple of times. Really? Yes. um, But it's nothing like sitting there and really soaking it in, like for what it is and reading the lyrics. Mm. Um, Jalissa, how do you dance to a, a song about lynching? Yeah. That's a good question. Exactly. That's a good question. Um, like, I don't mean to go off on too much of a no, tangent. No, it's but, okay. Yeah. Um, so as a trained dancer, you know, you not only learn the steps, you not only learn how to point your feet or have a certain type of posture, but you also have to mentally prepare yourself to execute what the artist is trying to convey. And I think that with Strange Fruit, it's one of those things where you have to meditate in it. You really have to feel it. You know, it's it's not an easy thing to go through. It's not an easy piece to perform or sing, mm. but it is life altering. Yes. Um, I think it's something that will stay with me until the day that I die. It's something that I will share with my children years and years and my grandchildren's 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 because it needs to be in history. It needs we need to be reminded that these things actually occurred and it's not a light subject. It's not something you could just throw uh, under the bus and be like, okay, well, that part of history is over. No, oh. you yeah. need to know. Yeah. And it's imperative that it's it's known. So, yes. Yeah. Odd fact, the, the man who wrote the lyrics to that song actually ended up raising the children of Ethel and Julius Rosenberg after they were executed. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so <laughs> no. let's see if you can talk <laughs> that. Yeah. It's so funny. That was, I, I love Strange Fruit. That I'm, I'm honored to be able to sing that one in that, in this play because it really is one of my favorite pieces as well. I think that one of the songs that, it's not that I dislike this song or that it wasn't my favorite, but I really love this song. It's one of the Negro, Negro spirituals, um, and it's called Turn Me Around. And in the song, my sister and I are holding up a sheet and, you know, images are being shown of different parts throughout history of black people in these periods of time. And what I'm singing is, ain't gonna let nobody turn me around, turn me around, marching up to freedom land. And that song is so powerful for me because these are songs that people would sing when they are in the throes of oppression, Mm -hmm. when they are in their darkest moments. And the only thing that they can do to keep themselves uplifted, to keep themselves feeling strong is to sing these powerful songs. Nobody's going to turn me around. I'm going to keep moving forward until I make it to my destination. And that is just so I just I, I find that so incredibly moving. And it was one of those songs that kind of we sang it and I was like, you know, this is a very beautiful song. But after I listened to it and I started really like 
practicing it over and over, I started to realize this song is so much more important and powerful than I ever thought. And it should give the audience goosebumps. It should make people feel something that they probably have never felt, where it should it should be something that is just incredibly, incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. And so that is one of those songs that became one of my favorites as I'm doing this show. Just no one's going to turn me. I just, I really love that. Yeah. And I think that with that, just real quick, I think as a cast, Mm -hmm. we dissected the song. And when we first started singing it, it was like, (laughs) like it was really, it wasn't giving what it needed to. Mm -hmm. And I think recently, we sat down and we were like, this, this is the power behind this song. This is mm. the there's feeling that, yeah, a, yeah, you know weight. what I mean? Yes. Like, mm. there's a definite gravity to the song. And now we sing it with so much power, mm-hmm. with so much intention. Mm. And it, it is a beautiful song. It's mm-hmm. one of those righteous songs that's just like, you know, even in my worst of worst of worst, it's the only thing that's going to keep me mm-hmm. inspired. It's the only thing that's going to get me through this rough patch mm-hmm. and nobody's going to turn me around. So, yeah, I agree with you 1000 percent. All right. And what about you, Sonia? Oh, OK. So my uh, <laughs> is going to be very okay. different from theirs. And it really isn't just the song. It's what happens around the song. So mine is, you know, you better call Tyrone by Erica Badu. <laughs> which is not everyone's you know may not be everyone's kind of flavor but I love the fact that you have all of these women who are surrounding this teenager and (laughs) um, empowering her to stand up for herself Mm -hmm. Um, and that is the that's why I like that song because of yeah. <laughs> the empowerment um, and that sisterhood, mm-hmm. um, I, and I look. I just, I just want to give a shout out to Paula, who is the marketing and publicist for the Lab Theater, because. As we're going through, okay, Sonia, what kind of notes? What do you want to say about this play? And I gave her what I wanted to say, and she kind of summed it up by saying, gather your sisterhood and come see this show. And mm. that's what this play really is about. It's about sisterhood. It's about family. It's about supporting each other, about loving each other unconditionally. So even though you're going to get that history lesson, and some of those lessons may be a little bit difficult to listen and uh, receive, you're going to leave feeling so uplifted. I hope that people will leave inspired to gather that sisterhood Mm. because sisterhood and connection and relationships are so important in life and this show will help people to remember that mm-hmm. and to really focus on what's important mm-hmm. in life it gets into it gets into loss it gets into grief it gets into just all aspects of family you know like it's sisterhood it's sisterhood with each other sisterhood with family members who are not who are like brought into the family through marriage like it is just finding ways to become a family and I, I love the fact that it talks about it talks about relationships. It talks about lost loved ones. It talks about losing people that you love and then gaining new people into your life and traumas. traumas. Yeah. It gets into everything. It it really is something that I think that everyone should see because it's so important and it can touch everyone individually with just how much it covers. It covers everything. 
Well, if you're just joining the show, we're exploring Laboratory Theater of Florida's upcoming production of Sistas, the musical, with the show's director, Sonia McCarter, and cast members Michaela Davis and Julissa Jean Bart. If you would like to comment on our conversation or engage with fellow listeners, again, you can find us on Facebook, we're at WGCU Public Media, and on Twitter, we're at WGCU, use the hashtag GCL. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think perhaps the most contemporary song in the show might be Beyonce's Single Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I'm thinking, like, if this musical had been written, say, like a decade later, can you think of a song or two that you would have wanted to include in it? Like, I was thinking about, like, like, like Janelle Monae's "Say oh. Her Name," you know, something that would bring in the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm. So this show is a lot of it is about celebrating and honoring the African American singers and songwriters mm-hmm. um, throughout our history, right? But you only have 90 minutes, so you can only cover so much. So what I have done is I've kind of curated my pre-show music to include some of those that we didn't get in the show. So the first one that came to my mind was Shaka Khan. I'm every woman. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's one of mine there. Um, I think hmm, that it would probably be. So I'm fairly younger (laughs) and I think that um I would still relate to like this generation's music like the TikTok era Mm -hmm. right so I would probably devote it to wow it would still probably be Beyonce um yeah it would still probably be Beyonce but like like the whole like Lemonade album I think really did an imprint for women black women in our um, in our time and it just touches the entire basis of like what it means to be in a relationship with a man what traumas you could go through and how to be resilient through it and um, so I'm probably going to go with the whole Lemonade album okay. that, that's one of my favorites yeah okay and Michaela what do you want to include in Sisters the Musical too? <laughs> <laughs> okay the song that I would choose for this show is by an artist named Laura Mvila. She's one of my favorites. She is my favorite artist. And she's an African-American singer, songwriter. And one of her songs that she created is called Sing to the Moon. And basically in this song, she says, sing to the moon and the stars will shine just for you. And, And I think the first verse says, hey there you, shattered in a thousand pieces, weeping in the darkest night, sing to the moon and the stars will shine for you. It's so beautiful. And it, and it has that same kind of message of when you're going through a hard time, when you feeling beat down and just mashed up, there's still a song. You have a song that you can sing for the stars, for whoever is up there for you. Sing to them and you will find peace, you know? So I think that that's just a beautiful message for this show because throughout the show, the women are singing the ways that they can express themselves in the best way. You know, for Tamika, singing songs like, you know, Need Some Hot Stuff, Baby This Evening is her way of expressing, <laughs> you know, what she wants and needs. Still trying to relate to my older, <laughs> my older yeah, know, aunts and stuff. <laughs> right. And then for other people, for Gloria's character, you know, let's say she sings something like, Take my hand, Lord, lead me on, let me stand, because she wants help from that. You know, for Roberta's character, it seems like strange fruit because she wants people to know the hardships of this life. 
You know, so everyone has their own songs, their own music, their own things that they can sing to express what they need from the universe, from, you know, all higher powers. And so I think that Show Me Love is just one of those songs. Mm -hmm. And Sing to the Moon is just one of those songs that just, I don't know, it's, I love it. All right. Is it... Is it hard for you as cast members to go through this whole show? And just by that, I mean, as we've discussed, some of the songs are very uplifting and celebratory. Some have that weight, that heaviness. And you're just taking the audience on this emotional roller coaster that you're experiencing every night. And there's no intermission. This is just 90 minutes (laughs) of you guys on the stage. Yes. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I think... You have to mentally prepare yourself to go into any type of production, really. But when it relates so much to yourself and it hits so close to home, I think you have to, like, put yourself in a, in a place where you're like, okay, this relates a lot to my actual life, but I don't have to separate the two, right? Like, I could live through this play as myself. Like I could actually live through Tamika's character because I know that at that point in my life as an adolescence teenager, I was going through a couple of things that were just like, hmm, boys, love them. (laughs) (laughs) Love that for me. You know what I mean? So um, kind of being able to relate to her was so easy. And even during the the table read, Sonya was like, I'm going to give you Tamika. And I was just like, perfect. That's what I wanted anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's the character that I read the whole script. And I was like, that's me. That's Mm -hmm. me right there. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's it's not really difficult. I think it's easier Mm -hmm. because it relates so much to our everyday lives as black women, as young black women, as older black women, um, and just the stress and the... The stress and the happiness is like a a scale and you kind of have to just balance it, Mm. especially in the times that we live in. You know, you would think that we wouldn't have to essentially suffer from the things that our ancestors suffered through, but it's just in a new version, right? Mm. So talking back to the hair, I'm a woman with locks, you know, like it's, it's very troubling sometimes when I go into places and people see my locks and they're two different colors, <laughs> right? One's half of it is black and half of it is gold and it's not normal for people to see. And so I think the fascination is almost insulting, mm. you know, like, mm. oh, look at your hair. Like, is that your hair? Yes, I grew it from my scalp. <laughs> in fact, mine is just looks different from yours. Mm. Um But I don't think that that concept has been receptive. Like, people haven't grasped that concept too much. And um, so, yeah, I I think I can live through Tamika just as much as I would want her to live through me in my older days. So if I could go back and be like, Tamika, this is what you need to know, I would. Mm -hmm. I think that it's very easy to get caught up in the stressors of life. When you were talking about the stress versus the happiness and balancing that, that is so important because in a lot of ways – even my character, I relate to her a lot in the process of getting into her character. It was hard. It was hard in that it just made so much sense because I'm reading her lines and the things, the way that she thinks. And it's like, I get it because it's so easy, especially when you've been hurt and you have gone through something really traumatic. It is so easy to focus on the negative and to only say that this is life. And then I think that Roberta's way 
of you know coping with that is by learning more and more information. She knows all about Audre Lorde, Bell Hooks. She knows everything. Like she just needs to engulf herself in the culture, in the history of our ancestors, so that she can tell everybody else that this is the way that it is. And so, in the, in a way, it was hard because it's a lot of she has a lot of weight on her. She has a lot of of trauma that she has to deal with and a lot of pain that she has gone through. And so having to sit down with that character and just just be and meditate on it, you know, it takes a lot. But at the same time, it's one of those things where you realize the message that she's trying to get across. And you realize that even in this, even in the stress, you can find that happiness. You can find that balance of looking forward in life and finding love from your family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it it was it wasn't necessarily just difficult, but it was something that you do have to sit down with and and go through it with that character. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sonia, I wanted to bring up the the post-show talkback session that's going to follow the January 8th matinee. This is something Lab Theater has frequently done and it's it's often not just folks involved in the production. You you'll bring in community leaders, elected officials. Do we know at this point who's going to be involved in that or is that still in the works? Yes, I think it's still in the works. Okay. All right. But one of the things I wanted to say, if it's okay, is that as the director just stepping out um, from the characters, one of the things that I really wanted to come across is that as performers, this is an opportunity for us to honor the women in our lives, Mm. their stories, their lessons, what they give to us, what we receive, what we give to each other. Um, It's honoring them. It's celebrating Mm -hmm. um, the women in our lives. The fact that these characters, Tamika, the younger one, can sit at the feet of her grandmother, her aunts, and learn and absorb Mm -hmm. and push back, but then still grow. This musical is really about Honoring that dynamic in our lives. Yeah, that evolution, I think, is very important. I think for all the characters, just evolving from the minute we step foot on stage to the minute that we end, yes. it is such an evolution of character development. It's an evolution of you know, time, space, and lessons to be learned. Even Tamika has to not only push back, but I think still stay true to herself, you know? And even though she's going through the midst of whatever she's learning from her aunt, she's just still a teenager, you know what I mean? She's still just trying to get through her six o'clock homework. Like, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, right. Well, I think that's a wonderful note to to leave things on because we are about out of time. But (laughs) thank you so much for coming in studio today. And I can't wait to see the show. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you for having us. Of course. We've been speaking with Sonia McCarter. She's director of Laboratory Theater's upcoming production of Sistas, the musical. Also with us in studio today are cast members Julissa Jean Bart, who plays the role of Tamika, and Michaela Davis, who plays the role of Roberta. Again, thank you all for being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having us. And Lab Theater Florida's production of Sisters the Musical runs December 16th through January 14th. Next Wednesday and Thursday, there's going to be two half-price preview performances. For showtimes and tickets, visit laboratorytheaterflorida.com. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org slash gcl, or subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Our show today was produced by Jared Gonzalez and yours truly. Our director is 
Richard Chinqui. Our social media coordinator is Tara Calligan. For now, thanks for listening. I'm John Davis. This is WGCU-FM Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM, NPR for Southwest Florida. And we fly just like birds of a feather. Yeah.